0: Oh, lots and lots of spoilers. Time keeps on tubbing, tubbing, tubbing into the future. I want to fly like a wombat to the tree. Fly like a wombat, let the backpack carry me. Or something. Something to that nature. Welcome! Thank you, we'll let you know. To Max Mike Movies, the podcast with Zip, Zang, and Zoom. You'll not find a better pick-me-up anywhere except perhaps your local grocer. I forgot how much I hate time travel as our series and Hot Tub Time Machine is this week's subject. Surely, you say, no one can travel back in time via a water heating contrivance, and you'd be right. But they made a movie about it anyway. Over there, temporally speaking, is my bro, my number one, my got-my-back-even-when-the-cheese-is-about-to-hit-the-tarmac guy. Max, don't touch that dial, Levine. Say what, hello, Max. What up, dog? Dog. And back at you with, yeah, a forehand that's uh, nearly as weak as my backhand, am I. Mike, don't blame me, I only work here loose. We are going to dive as deeply as we can into this rather shallowly made tub of a film, but first we have a poll question to take care of. Mm. Last week we asked, can you think of a mediocre or even bad movie that has one really great scene or really great performance in it that almost, but not quite, saves the film? You have this to say. Dave! Can I get a Dave out of Excuse you? Excuse me. Dave. Damn! Fired. <sighs> Dave answered, quote, Tank Girl. The poetry recitation by Iggy Pop might be worth the price of the movie, but isn't. Mm. The truth about Charlie, the scene with Charles, I know I'm going to get this wrong. Osnivore. I'm sorry, Charles Osnivore, is fabulous, or at least that is how I remember it. The movie isn't. He's right on both counts. Yeah. No chance I will watch again to find out whether the scene is as good as I remember, and quote, Good answers both have twice the bucks. Mm. George Saulnier gives us, quote, there are many, 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 but one that comes to mind first is Studio 54. Mm. Fairly mediocre across the board, but Mike Myers, who I really don't like, <laughs> gives this fearless performance as the club's founder. I thought it was very impressive. The movie? Eh. Mm. End quote. Uh, personally, I, I just tuned in for Ryan Phillippe. <laughs> uh, thanks, uh-huh. George. Yeah. He, was, uh, he, he acted very well uh-huh. in those tiny little shows. Um, anyway, uh, Tyler Stewart's answer was, quote, In Oz, the Great and Powerful, 2013 with James Franco, the protagonist arrives in Oz and impresses the locals with some parlor tricks, but the best moment was when he healed a porcelain girl with some glue he had in his bag. It was a simple earth solution to a typically strange Ozian situation that I thought really captured the essence of Baum's style. Hmm. I hoped in vain for more scenes like that. End quote. Cool. That's one I hadn't seen. Have you seen that?
1: I have seen that. I... It is an interesting scene. I it doesn't come close to saving that crap fest.
0: Ah well. Val, who is more or less related to one of us, won't tell you which one, knocks it down to one line. Quote, My first thought is the golf scene in the original Space Jam. Quote, Larry isn't white, Larry's clear, and <laughs> quote, is hilarious, one of my favorite jokes. The rest of the movie, ick, end quote. Thanks, Val. Yeah. I' uh, see our previous nice episode one. on Space Jam. Mm-hmm. Haley Paulson answered on Facebook with, quote, The one that first comes to mind is The Devil Wears Prada. It's a pretty standard, mediocre movie, competent acting, fairly predictable story, dialogue that's acceptable, but not necessarily anything to write home about. But Meryl Streep's performance as Miranda Priestly really does elevate it and make it memorable rather than just another run-of-the-mill chick flick to add to the pile. I can't say it makes it good enough that I would recommend it to everybody, but it does mean that it's a movie I enjoy sitting through if I'm flipping through channels and it happens to be on, end quote. I have to admit, I not only read the book, but I've seen the movie twice. Have you eaten the necktie? Uh, It was delicious. Mm. More bucks for you. Thank you, Haley. Lastly, breaking the rules and therefore giving up all his bumpy bucks for this answer is the weasel... Breaking the law. Breaking the law. ...who texted me, quote, I watched Willow today. It still sucks, (laughs) but... Your question concerning a performance that almost saves a bad movie applies to Val Kilmer in that movie, end quote. Hmm. See our previous episode on Willow.
1: Yeah, that would have gone with Kevin Pollock, but
0: okay. Uh, <laughs> I stole the baby! <laughs> Thanks, Weasel, but remember how to answer the way that Bumpy wants you to answer. And how do you do that? Well, we'll go over that at the end of the show. We do not anger the Bumpy. No, it is not a pretty sight. Max, how about you? Is there a film that you can think of that <sighs> has almost been saved?
1: I was afraid you were going to ask that. Uh, um, Actually, I would have to say Watchmen. (laughs) your question. Yeah, I know. I would go with Watchmen, which I don't think works as a movie, but I think Billy Crudup's performance as Dr. Manhattan is really good. And I also think Jackie Earl Haley's performance, this is technically too, as Rorschach, uh, was really impressive. I don't think they were enough to save the movie, but they came pretty close. I remember part of
0: Doctor Manhattan. I know yes, yes, you remember. You remember little Little Manhattan. You, re, you remember downtown Manhattan. Was that little boy or No, no? no. Um, I will agree with the Jackie Earl Haley. Uh, Jackie Earl Haley, a name that can't be pronounced. Uh, he sadly had sort of a one spike with breaking away, and then seemed to mostly drift into nowhere. Yeah. And this was his comeback movie, and did a great job.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, he did kind of come back. He almost. They tried to put it, they tried to set him up as the new Freddy Krueger. It, you know, oh, they did were, they? Yeah, like they like to, actual Freddy Krueger. Yeah, they were him. trying to reboot the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. So it didn't work real well, yeah. which I don't think, I'm betting was not his fault, but Robert Englund is just so friggin' iconic yeah. as Freddy. So yeah, that's my, what about you?
0: Um, No. Nothing. I tried. Ah, there was nothing okay. like I could say, you know, this film is terrible, but oh, thank God for so and so. No. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I think it's a good question. Mm. Nothing leapt to mind enough that I could write it down and remember, so uh, I'm going to mm. go with it. No. Okay. Um, you uh, got one for next time? I do. This week's poll question, which, as I've been told, isn't exactly a poll question, is... If you could recast any one part in any one movie, which character would it be, and who would you replace the existing actor with? Oh, that—that's—that's that's easy.
1: It would be uh, uh, the Room Johnny, and I would recast <laughs> him with anybody
0: else. <laughs> if you have a real answer, let us know. And you, anybody, <laughs> and you might Bumpy could do it. <laughs> and you might win a special prize from the Bumpy Hut catalog of value soon to be an actual idea. But now we have trivia for. Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, hi, Bumpy. The Show. Trivia. John Cusack, arguably the biggest name in this movie, easily. said he decided to be in this film based entirely on its title. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, John, you have to read more than the first page. Yeah. If you look really, really (laughs) closely, when our heroes, such as they are, first arrive in 1986... There's a shot of the music video for You Can Call Me Al in the background mm-hmm. in which Chevy Chase appears, as he also appears in this film as mm-hmm. a role that we will talk about yes. later. The band Poison did not actually appear in this movie. Oh. They were instead portrayed by Poison tribute band <laughs> Unskinny Bop. You know. Ah. <laughs> uh, yes, I have all of their album. I would, li- <laughs> I would like to leave you with this thought, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. Poison Tribute Band. I think my Poison Tribute Band would be named Poison Tribute Band. I, I think mine would
1: be named Arsenic or Cyanide or something Actually, a little
0: more clever. My Poison Tribute Band would be named Crispin Glover. <laughs> uh, speaking of Crispin Glover, this is Crispin Glover's second close run-in with time travel, the other being 1985's Back to the Future. True. Yeah. Steve Pink, not a well-known director, only got this gig because, A, these screenwriters, Sean Anders and John Morris, were being replaced as directors, Mm. and B, Steve Pink is a close personal friend of John Cusack. Make of that what you will. Uh, Thank you, Hollywood. Might be another reason that Mr. Cusack signed up for it. Mm. I like the title, and it's my best friend. All right. (laughs) Far from being innocent himself, Sebastian Stan, who plays Blaine, the I-smell-rusky-spies-around-every-corner character Blaine, uh, would himself play a Russian spy in the Winter Soldier, Hail Hydra. Mm Mm-hmm. And a detail that totally ruined this movie for me. Blaine codes the Tub Travelers 21 Jump Street Tapes, which of course makes no sense, as everyone knows 21 Jump Street would not premiere until 1987. And this film specifically takes place in 1986. Movie and, Ruined. Yes, ruined. That's what ruined this film. <laughs> that, that fact. And really, so much more. But we have to stop somewhere, don't we? Oh God, do we ever. Unless you know any trivia. Uh. I really wish you uh, did. That way it could um, hold off uh, me having to do the plot. I got I got nothing. Okay, that means I have to do the plot. I really don't
1: think this... I can't think of any other trivia. trivia. Oh,
0: God, we're inside a Chinese dragon. All right. <laughs> plot of um. Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, <laughs> well, three, <hit> your nose. <laughs> three friends live in a shabby, sad kind of life. One, who hoped to become a famous musician, is now working at a pet grooming store removing poop from dogs' anuses. Another works in business and just had his wife leave him and take most of the items out of his home. The third is a depressed egomaniac alcoholic who tried unsuccessfully to commit suicide in his Trans Am in his garage after drunkenly driving it home. Oh, the wackiness. Trying to console their friend Lou, played by Rob Corddry, with two Ds, Adam, played by John Cusack, with one C, and Nick, played by Craig Robinson, with one R, decide to all go on a nice road trip to try and rekindle their high school days, where they all peaked. Along for the ride is Jacob, Adam's nephew, played by Clark Duke. When they get to the mountain town, they find that it's gone severely downhill, get it, and is now little more than a drainage ditch for the low end of the gene pool. Still, they try to revive their sense of fun by opening up and getting into the hot tub while drinking enormous amounts of booze. B-W-O-Z-E. Booze. Booze. Brought to you by the Booze Council. (laughs) Suddenly, after spilling a Russian energy drink on the controls, controls, Suddenly, after spilling a Russian energy drink on the controls, they find themselves sucked back into 1986, where they inhabit their own younger bodies while attending the Fish Under the Sea dance, or Winter (laughs) Carnival, or or something. Thinking that they have to act exactly as they did at the time to get back, they set out to do just that. Some of the lads have trouble with this idea, and soon the plan is not only off the rails, it's utterly buggered. Will they manage to complete their tasks before dawn, retrieve the one lost, stolen can of Russian energy drink TM before dawn when the tub, time tub, tub, uh, buh, before the dawn when, yeah, officially, and for reasons unexplained, will stop working, yeah. I wish I had a time tub, <laughs> or something filled with alcohol, uh, or will they be trapped in an endless loop of 1986? The answer will not surprise you.
1: One thing, minor point, John Cusack, the woman who leaves him, is not his wife. Oh. I double-checked this because I wasn't clear on it either because you don't really care, but it does make it w- w- uh, a little clearer why it's sort of uncomplicated. There's no legal stuff. It was just his girlfriend. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: That's it. By well, the way, uh, we hope you
0: enjoyed the show. That's all we need to say. There we go. That's
1: it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Clark Duke, by the way, he's done a bunch of stuff. The main thing I remember him from, uh, maybe you got something else, is uh, Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2, where he plays Kick-Ass's best friend, who later in the second movie becomes Battle Guy. Ah, yeah. I thought you were going to say he played
0: the ass. (laughs)
1: Uh, No. Uh,
0: No, that was Nicolas Cage. I'm sorry. Oh! Uh, So, uh, Hot Tub Time Machine, Max. Hot Hot Tub tub. Time
1: Machine. Now... I gotta give him. I gotta give John Cusack this. It is an intriguing title. It does make you wonder. Really?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, technically, that's wondering. Uh, Yeah, it's not the Wonder Years. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um. I sure. Uh, It does start off with a rockin' soundtrack, dude. Oh, woot! You ever get like through all this whole film? It felt to me, and see if you felt the same way, like they start to play one of those really cool songs that you know, and then they never actually get to it. Yeah, (laughs) the
1: only one I actually can, that I remember them playing is Safety Dance. And I would swear that was a cover and not Men Without
0: Hats. I thought so. It was Men With Hats. (laughs) The (laughs) The Poison Tribute Band. Men Without Pants, (laughs) yes. Uh, Yeah, it felt very much like uh, uh, YouTube content match the soundtrack, like, you know. know. If we and could play just three seconds of a song, we don't have to pay for it. Now, I have to say, some of this cast is actually
1: pretty impressive. John Cusack, I think, is terrific. Rob Corddry, who I know mostly from The Daily Show and the zombie ro- romantic comedy Warm Bodies, is actually really funny. He gives this role 150%. He throws himself face face into this. He, this is like a Will Ferrell-esque
0: performance. You know, and I want to say even besides just those two guys, mm. I don't think anybody's bad in this really. The problem yeah. is the writing is so yeah. awful. Yeah. The performances,
1: everyone really tries hard and I think they do a decent job. I'm not a huge fan of Craig Robinson. I swear he just is sort of the guy that they used to go well, we can't afford Bernie Mac. we got oh. We got to get uh, Craig Rowe. Mean. I Nasty know. and mean. I don't know why, because I've seen him do stuff in, that he can be pretty good in. But there's something about him where he has a kind of... He's one of those actors who you always get the feeling he's kind of sneering at the audience.
0: I don't know if I got the sense that yeah. he was sneering, I, but I did get the sense that he was almost but not quite somebody. Yeah. Um, and I don't, again, I don't think he did a bad job, but he... he, he there's some he has some moments that are actually pretty funny. I'll give him yeah, that. Yeah, he, um, he
1: does have a couple of the better. I have to say he has a couple of the better lines. The one that actually, some of the ones that actually made me laugh. Um, Clark Duke is good in this. It's uh, fine. Chevy Chase is in this movie.
0: Yeah, playing
1: a sort of I don't know seriously head injured version of Rufus from Bill and Ted. He's supposed to sort of be the. Well or is he he's like the hot tub repairman who seems to sort of understand that
0: but, Yeah, let's that, let's get to Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, his you're right, that's all of it. The his there now talk about somebody who's sneering at the audience.
1: Yeah, but oh, well yeah. that's what Chevy Chase does. Yeah. And Crispin <laughs> Glover is surprisingly good in this and he's the least creepy I remember seeing him. I'm sorry, Mr. Glover, I think you do a fine job, but he's so good at being creepy
0: and that's mostly what people have him do. I thought you were going to say he's the least crisping glover I've ever seen him, which well, is actually too. true. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. He, uh, even as,
1: you know, uh, um, Mr. McFly,
0: yeah.
1: he's in the he's still kind of creepy
0: in those. Isn't he? yeah, but he's meant to be. Like, yeah, he's supposed yeah. to be he's kind a, of moist. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, This the, the performances are not the problem yeah. here. I did not recognize Sebastian Stan as Blaine at all. Here's another 12. guy
1: who really throws himself into it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're going. Wait, wait a minute! Oh my God, it's Bucky! Yeah, except he's blonde. He is. He's well, kind of. He's dyed. Mm-hmm.
0: It's very clear. It's a dye job. Well, I think Bucky's has pretty much died too. Oh. I don't think that's his real hair color. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. uh, but
1: he's pretty much. I mean, he yeah, he's like twelve. It's, and I like the fact that he's obsessed with the movie Red Dawn. Yeah, that's where he gets all the anti-commie stuff from, and that's his entire, you know, idea of uh, what
0: what makes uh, uh, Russian infiltrators. Right. Well, they, the, the movie does supposedly take the characters back to the 80s, so it has to be all 80s stuff. We do briefly see Reagan, which, yeah, that, you know, had a slight influence on the 80s. Uh, They do do really well with the sort of visual cues. Mm. Well, with some of them, come
1: on, when they're watching TV and on comes the David Bowie promo for I Want My MTV. Sure. That's like, okay, bam, nailed it.
0: Yeah, but it felt very much like... The first item in a Google search for the 80s. Mm. Oh, what do we put in here? Oh, that, that promo from him. Like, Man. the clothes are all over the top.
1: They are. They're, I'm sorry. I know some people in the 80s dressed like that. Right. Not
0: everybody no. did. No. And it was like, let's find the most ugly, the most clashing, bright-colored his the, clothes, and then everyone has to wear yeah, them.
1: Let's take the worst elements of yeah. the, the fashions of the 80s and put them on everybody in the, in there.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, the performances are fine, which is weird, because mm. it's very rare that I come across a film where you don't just sit there and go, oh, my God, so and so stuck. Even John Cusack, I honestly think this is as close as we get to John Cusack's cruising through a film. Mm. Yeah. It, he doesn't do much, but even John Cusack cruising is fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's um, still better than most people, but you're, I
0: agree. It doesn't. Fe- it, it's as close as I've ever seen him to phoning in a performance. Yeah, and even then, yeah, man's still a professional. Yeah, uh, but luckily, mm-hmm. once we get past the rock and soundtrack opening, <laughs> we start the film, and we yeah. this is this is when the directors Steve Pink. He's not done a lot, yeah. but Steve Pink really knows how to set the audience up so they know what's coming because the first thing we see is uh, Craig. I'm sorry, Craig uh, Robinson. Craig Robinson digging poop out of a dog.
1: And not just poop, he finds the owner's car keys. Yeah.
0: Cuz the dog ate.
1: Yeah. Them. That really it you know right away. Uh say what you will about this movie and we will. They're not pretending that this is high art. No. We know this going in. Yeah,
0: and apparently coming out. Oh, okay. Uh <laughs> Hey-o! Yeah, so that's how we start the film yeah. and and that's where we see uh Craig Robinson's character uh-huh. uh who is was hoping to be a musician of some sort, yeah. and then this is what he's doing. Uh, then we get to see John Q. Sad. Oh, I'm. He's adamant. He's. We're not really sure. We don't really know much about he's him. He's in
1: <laughs> business. He he is. He, he is a uh, Bob executive, which weighs business. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I think do they say he's an in insurance or something? It doesn't matter. It literally doesn't. He not could matter. be a comptroller. He could be an accountant. It doesn't matter. He's just the idea is hi. I have a boring job I hate.
0: Well, but here's the thing. We can tell that the guy's doing pretty well because he's got a nice house. He does. And, and his girlfriend or wife, you said his girlfriend, I, I whatever. Yeah. Apparently they split up and had to put stickers on things, which is why I thought it was wife, his wife because obviously if it was anything that he actually bought, yeah. she would have no, but whatever. Um, the, the stuff that she took was pretty high ticket stuff too. Yeah, and the, the house is, looks very nice. Yeah. And strangely in the basement, there's his nephew playing a video game which he is taking to ridiculous levels because in the video game, which seems to be pretty much real life mm. or Second Life Some or kind of sim or whatever, or life, uh, his yeah. character has stolen something and gone to jail and he's spending role-playing time in jail yeah. in real time. He's
1: real-time serving the sentence, which yeah. you've got to admire the dedication. <laughs> it's just kind of pointless. And it's, this is also clearly another character who is fairly pathetic. He's right. 20 years old. Is he? That Yeah, he says that. Yeah, Kusak says you're 20 years old, oh, wow. and he didn't, doesn't go to college. It's when I'm not. It's not clear if he graduated high school. He doesn't do anything. I mean, it wasn't like I wasn't sitting right next to you watching yeah. the film. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't do any. We're not entirely sure
0: why he's there, except his mom's boyfriend doesn't like him. I guess or um. whatever. And his that's his that's obviously it's it's uh, Adam's sister mm. who will show up later in the plot has a yeah yeah. yeah. It one thing is very it's. Right away, it's very difficult
1: about this movie. You don't like anybody. <laughs> well, luckily, that chain... No, it doesn't. <laughs> well, well, they try. They do try to make them more likable. But right away... And again, this is something to say for the movie. It does establish the characters right away. It's like, okay, these guys are sad, disaffected. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they were apparently used to be, like, the three amigos. They were best friends. And Well, which they were close messes. friends in high school, which is clearly,
0: you know, 30 years ago, 25 years ago. Yeah, I, I, I want to say that they were best friends the same way that Huey doing Louie are best friends. Well, they're like, related. but I know, but it doesn't lead to anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, uh, Lou, Rob Corddry's character, which we don't really know what he does. I get the feeling he doesn't really do anything because he's one of those guys who obviously thinks he's too good to have a job and tries every kind of hustle and fails at all of them.
0: Yeah, but he has a period Trans Am.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, which I will bet
0: is about to be repossessed. I will also bet is a really good car if you're trying to commit suicide, because I bet the gas that comes out of that thing is nasty. Yeah,
1: that's actually a really dark beginning. Yeah. It's, he is affected. He tries to kill himself. He, dri- he, he, he by the way, does it very badly. That, <laughs> that whole thing of driving your car in the garage and running the engine that really doesn't
0: work very well. Well, he also had the tea roof off, never mind the windows down. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, uh, you need a small area to fill with gas. Here, yeah. let me show you. Yeah, because uh, I hate to tell
1: people this, I hope this isn't bursting a bubble, but in general, garages are not airtight. Yeah, I'll
0: say, especially mm. in the winter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's the beginning, and then yeah. he ends up in the hospital, and, and they somehow... Like, I guess there's no family to call, but somehow they have the friend's phone number and the hospital he calls the friends and in a... He must be in the phone. I, I don't know. Unbelievable part, the hospital's like, oh, there's no family? Well, you'll do. And well, <laughs> yeah, they say, does he have any family? And one
1: of them says, yeah, but they all hate him.
0: Right. And so they, they take the word of these strangers. Yeah. I, we don't know who you are, but sure, go on in and see the man who's on suicide watch. Right. And so then we have this little moment where they basically come up with this idea to go back to... You know, this little town somewhere that... Kodiak something. Kodiak. Philly, well, you don't care. Yeah, Nobody cares. Yeah. And it's like they remember it from their, their days as high school students. And I'm like, who lets their high school sons go off mm. to a ski lodge But mm-hmm. whatever? And luckily, to brighten mm-hmm. the mood before we actually leave the ho- the hospital... We get a really great catheter joke. We are oh, in yeah. for a wild, wild ride.
1: Yes, there's a catheter <laughs> joke. There's a peeing on people joke. And you I, can I, just see how highbrow this is going to be. This is this is you know Oscar Wildean levels of wit.
0: No, no, uh, really it isn't. And remember, mm-hmm. there's time travel.
1: There is time travel. <laughs> this so, again, we you wouldn't know this for the no, first I don't know twenty, 20 minutes, minutes of the yeah. movie or so. And how does the time travel work?
0: Yeah, yeah, here comes the premise of the film. Folks, Max, would you please enlighten our audience as to how to build a time machine? I'll get you for this.
1: <laughs> you get in a hot tub and you spill a, the Russian equivalent of Four loco, which is what that, that sort of, I assumed it was alcoholic as well yeah. as an energy drink because it just was, apparently... It was called chernobyl chernobyl yes. <laughs> and yeah, Kurt Lou says, it's, a, I don't know, but a bunch of the stuff in this is illegal. yeah. You spill it on the temperature controls, yeah. Which, by the way, also have a year written on them. <laughs> and that creates an Einstein-Rosenberg bridge, which sure. they totally mention, except they don't. And uh, it transports them to 1986 in the hot tub. It also transports them. Okay, this is the this this is where it gets painful. Now explain this so everyone can understand, <laughs> including me. We, the audience, see them. As, you know, 40-something-year-old men, but when they look in the mirror and when anyone else sees them, they see them as their late teen selves. Yeah. I We aren't... They also see each other as their 40-something selves because when it's not until they see a mirror that they notice anything's unusual. This is never explained. I don't know why this is the case.
0: Well, it's obvious that the reason they did that was yes. so that the audience... Um, yeah. well, okay, so when uh-huh. they first get into the, uh-huh. well, it's chernobyl because, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. oh, I well, forgot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they don't, they just don't bother. No. There's also this, Chevy, this weird shot when they're in the, top, the uh, hot tub, they've all been drinking. These people, this is worse than a Hemingway novel, man. The amount of alcohol these guys sit down and just sip back
0: yeah.
1: would kill a moose. <laughs> And in the middle of it, they're hallucinating, and uh, there's Chevy Chase in the hot tub with them, fully clothed. Yeah. Just for a shot. Yeah. Both kinds. Oh yes, and when they wake up, of course, the first thing Rob Corddry does is, in close-up, vomits on a
0: squirrel. Ah, <sighs> uh, vomit jokes, because so many barf if, jokes. If the poop joke doesn't work, if the catheter joke doesn't mm. work, kill him with vomit. That's an yeah. old, um, that's an old vaudeville, um, yeah, saying. <laughs> yeah, vomit jokes,
1: <sighs> and. Uh, the other thing that I don't understand, okay, never mind the time travel. Yeah. But they the first day they get there, these 40-something year old men who have not been to this place in 20 odd years, they get on the skis and they get on a black diamond slope. Right. And they don't die. Yeah. <laughs> I call no way. And and you're telling me that Jacob, the 20-year-old who sits in the basement and uh, plays video games all day is still, however, a master snowboarder.
0: Well, Max, now I think you failed to understand yes. that, that, what's it, Jacob? Is it, yeah, Jacob, Jake, yes. Uh, was really, really good at uh-huh. um, Windows Flight Simulator, <laughs> which, as you know, <laughs> will prepare you for any outdoor sport, hey. including piloting. Hey. Yeah, whatever. Well, he's young, and all kids can snowboard, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess, with the fruity, fudgy. Fruity. So,
1: they, so they do realize what's happened. They figure out, oh, they, they don't really know how. They I think it's Jacob who just sort of blurts out, or no, sorry, Craig Robinson blurts out, uh, Is I'm just going to say it, hot tub time machine.
0: Oh, luckily he does it while looking right into the camera. Yes, he does. <laughs> But okay, so all of our characters have been transported back to 1986, yeah. which I guess is because it was the one of the last times they were all together, and mm-hmm. at the we watched them peak basically. And uh, uh, yeah. let's just put it this way: it's it's not a very tall peak. <laughs> yeah, they don't really
1: set a very it's, high it's bar the, for them to clear the bunny trail. The main thing it's if anything is the motivator. I'd have to say is Rob Corddry's character Lou, because in his, he has built this up in his mind as like the greatest time of his life. Right. right. Which, to be fair, it probably was. Yeah. And this is... Again, this is a surprisingly deep or thoughtful aspect of this movie. <laughs> One of the themes is the excess of the 80s and the sheer indulgence. It was called, if you remember, the Me Decade. Um, I don't remember that. You
0: Wait, might, but I do It
1: was the Me Decade. It was... People, there was a lot of a, a lot of drugs. The a, the AIDS crisis was just starting. Most people still didn't take it seriously. There was a tremendous amount of hedonism in certain circles, Spe- specifically mostly, you know, upper middle real or in rich white kids, which is, except for Craig Robinson, that is what everybody here
0: is. Well, you know, there's no M E in team.
1: Yes, there is. Oh, in fact, there's both of those letters. Oh. Uh. <laughs> i uh, I'm gonna go to the '80s. I'll yeah. be right back. <laughs> so that I think is kind of interesting because everybody in this movie, you know, they're still all shaken and like what's going on. But all the kids, they're they're all drinking, they're all sleeping with everybody, they're all just <clears> indulging <throat> in every possible everything possible. Hell, uh, Adam's character—they check his suitcase, and it really it looks like Hunt, they even cite him. Hunter S. Thompson's you know travel bag. Yeah, apparently a close personal friend of John Cusack. I I'd really that. can't <laughs> picture that. <I> mean, but, <laughs> Very you know, strange. I
0: mean, there's every kind of drug imaginable in there. Well, you know, high school kids had access to all of that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> I
1: remember people walking around with suitcases of acid, mushrooms, heroin, cocaine. Well, you know, all alphabetically yeah, labeled. Yeah, all nicely sorted. Because yeah, yeah. you don't want
0: to know where it is. Uh, yeah, and well, i a metric ton of weed. Here's yeah. my question. So, mm-hmm. if you... Fell into a hot tub time machine. Yes, <laughs> yes I know. That's... As dumb as the premise is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember last week's movie. Yeah. Uh, when you woke up in the 80s, 86, yeah. so, you know, for us it would have been college age or so, mm-hmm. right? Would you be really pissed off and, and like going crazy and nuts? Like, we gotta get out of here. This is the worst thing ever. I don't know. Initially
1: I'd probably panic, but then I would start to wonder about the ramifications and what it all means. Yeah, Like, how so? I just discovered time. I, in fact, have now proof that time travel is possible. What does this mean? Can the past be altered? Uh, can I change anything? And I have to say, Lou is the one who thinks I can use my future knowledge to, to my advantage. He, of course, uses it in the simplest, pettiest possible way, which is to make money. Well, let's face it, that fits Lou's character, it really, really does really well. The, interest, the thing, I have to say, this kind of surprised me. There's one moment in this film, most of this film telegraphs everything it's doing, mm. but there is one moment where they're in a bar, it's 1986, and there is a playoff, a, a football game, it was Cleveland, and this uh, is real anyway, and
0: they haven't done. Hmm? It was Denver? Denver, Denver and Cleveland. Something, I think so.
1: And the score is tied, 13-13, and this was a famous game where, I think it's Roger Elway?
0: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Max and I are we, huge football fans. We, we, we
1: enjoy footing the ball. Riffs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we enjoy the, the local sports team with their playing. But rah, 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 rah. But, uh, uh, there is, his, I, I did look at this. This is true. In the 37 seconds left in the game, Roger Elway threw this incredible touchdown pass. And so he bets, You know, Lou bets this guy all this money, plus that he will perform
0: a sexual act on Craig Robinson. Mm-mm. No, he says, I'll bet you all this money and if oh, I win... It, oh, yeah, I get your the, wife... ...has to perform uh, a sexual
1: act on, on me. me. And, yeah, and the guy says, fine, and if you... If I win, you have to perform the same act on your friend. Right. And they're like, oh, there's no problem. And the squirrel that was barfed on, you can tell because there is still barf in its fur. <laughs> the magic squirrel. Distracts
0: the receiver and he misses the pass. Right, which is weird because... Mm-hmm. How did guess- it get from... Um, Well, I guess they were supposed to be, I'm guessing they are supposed to be in Colorado. I would assume. I don't know. Not one point in this film, snow or snow snow, did Max and I think anybody was remotely cold. No. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's really kind of a tip-off when people are outside in the snow talking and you cannot see their breath. But still, somehow from a mountain village, a ski resort, if you will, this barfed on squirrel, which remains barfed on for the... film, Mm -hmm. runs down out of the mountains, finds the stadium, gets through the parking lot and through the ticket gates and somehow onto the field, just in time to screw up a pass. And that is not the most unbelievable thing in this film. No. (laughs) So I guess that's our clue as an audience that time is mutable. Yes, yeah. Because they get there, yes, and they, they freak out, and they go, the only way we can get back is if we do everything exactly the same way we did the first time. They are basing that, by
1: the way, on nothing. No. Or at least on some... The closest is Chevy Chase appears magically he, as the hot tub repairman. Right. Who may or may not realize what's going on. He may or may not be aware of it. It's never made clear, which I have to say is kind of funny when, you know, Clark, uh, Jacob points this out as he would kill you to give me a straight answer, but he says you have to walk the same path you walked. So they take that to mean they have to do everything exactly the same.
0: Right. Which, of course, they fail at miserably. Right, from the start. From From the get-go. They try-ish But it doesn't... Yeah. And of course, one of the things is... All right, so I want to interject this, if I can real quick. So um, I can't remember Craig Robinson's character's name. It Uh, kind of doesn't matter. Nick, thank you. So Nick uh, is really in love with his wife, but the thing that we don't know until we get into 1986 Mm. is that it turns out she's actually cheating on him. Mm. And he's really devastated because he thinks he has nothing else in the world, but he loved his wife, and and everything else could be terrible, but at least he had his wife, and now he finds out she's cheating on him. So his thing is he's supposed to have sex with this girl at this fish under the sea dam, winter <laughs> at this resort whatever yeah. and he doesn't want to do it because he doesn't want to um, um, cheat on his wife even though it, we don't realize at the time that she's cheating on him and so that's a thing and he ends up going through it mm-hmm. which he doesn't want to do yes he's actually he actually sobs all the way through the act <laughs> Which we get to
1: see in really uncomfortable detail. And unfortunately, it's probably fairly indicative of a
0: lot of people's first time. <laughs> uh, I don't know that's true, but it uh, makes for a good teen comedy, uh-huh. doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, although there's no real teens in this. I don't think there's anyone under 30 in this film. But pretty, pretty sure whatever. there isn't. Yeah. So yeah, so we get through that. But uh, other things that have to happen... One of them is that Adam is supposed to break up with his amazing super sex goddess girlfriend who then stabs him in the eyebrow with a fork. Yeah. And then Rob Corddry's character, Lou, has to go and make yep. fun of this guy named Blaine and, let's face it, who wouldn't? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he doesn't know he's the Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier.
1: yeah, but <laughs> he does know he gets he gets the crap beaten out of him twice. And one of the sort of plot subplots of how he has always felt betrayed is he challenges Blaine to a rematch you know, in, 80, in 1986, he challenged Blaine to a rematch. His friends against, you know, Lou's friends, and his friends don't show up, and Lou gets stomped into the ground. I don't understand why he lived. I mean, those guys were, you know, large, drunk, and mean, and they
0: probably would have put him in the hospital. I, there was something about Jets and Sharks, and somebody was singing. a lot and, of jazz hands, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't either. The, the fighting is actually not that bad. Yeah. It's just sort of glazed over a bit. But he says he's going to go through with it. The one real weird part of this equation, which only sort of gets mentioned, is Jacob. Mm. Jacob obviously was not there in 1986. He hadn't been born yet. Yeah. And Jacob, when they first get there, there's this weird moment where he kind of... Phases out. Flickers, like yeah. a TV that needs its antenna... Oh, okay, an antenna is a piece uh. of... Ma- <laughs> Anyway, he his yeah. antenna, antenna jiggled, mm-hmm. and then everything's okay. But um, he doesn't know who his father is. All he knows is that his mother mm-hmm. is Adam, John, John Cusack's character's
1: sister. Sister, who is also at the resort, and, and would, was also at the resort, and... Would Jacob, never tell. Jacob was born about nine months
0: after this particular time period. So we know that... Wherever, probably at this event, the fish under the sea dance, (laughs) that that, uh, whoever the father is, he's probably there. It's probably Jacob's father. She would never tell who it was.
1: Yeah. Turns out it was Darth Vader.
0: Oh, sorry. Oh, came down from Planet Vulcan. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, And so there's this whole weird part of like, but people see Jacob like normal. Yeah. Like, Jacob is Jacob. He's not, you know, some other character or some friend they forgot about. He's just Jacob. Even weirder. Is although everyone sees them come back and they're inhabiting their own bodies, somehow the backpack with all their tech, including their, their iPhone 4Gs, yeah. or 3Gs maybe, <laughs> probably, uh, and the Chernobyl and all that other stuff came with them and everyone can see that too, yeah. because the can of Chernobyl sets off Blaine, who... Instantly turns on his copy of Red Dawn, which he has brought with him on vacation to yeah. this place in Denver, we assume, so he can show his friends, oh, look, they're Russians, I kicked Rob Cordry's ass, and I got his backpack with his Russian Stuff. drink in it, yeah, and yeah. see, it's just like Red Dawn, even though that's in Michigan, and yeah, we're not, right, right, right. so whatever, because trust me, there's no mountains in Michigan. Yeah. Uh, so whatever, there's consistency, thing. there are some issues, they...
1: There's also this very peculiar running gag. I don't know if you can call it a gag, and that's with Crispin Glover's character. When they return to <laughs> Yep, when they return, you know when they first show up at uh, Kodiak Valley. Yeah. By the way, are there Kodiak Bears in Colorado? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> but uh, they show he has one arm. He is missing an arm, and he is this angry, embittered, yeah. you know, throwing everything around us. Awful, and when they see him in 86, he has both arms, and the running gag? It is funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this this is such a funny idea. Every so often, something happens that they're sure is going to sever his arm and doesn't, and Mm -hmm. Lou gets more and more frustrated with this because he's expecting it to happen. And wants it. Wants it to happen. happen because reasons. Yeah. Lou is horrible.
0: Yes, there is
1: no redeeming feature about Luke. There's nothing. He is an awful, awful person in this. He's completely self-involved. He has absolutely... I think he's a sociopath, quite honestly, or at the very least a narcissist. He doesn't... Nobody else matters. He is incredibly abusive. He doesn't get his way. And he just has this vision of the way things are supposed to be and to hell with anything that interferes with that.
0: None of these people are any prize, Mike. no no uh, I mean to be fair if you want to say Adam and um, Nick are at least they taking have, responsibility yeah. Yeah. for Lou which they it's basically they realize if we don't nobody will and if we don't he's going to hurt people yeah. so I guess we'll be his friends although we won't call him much or each other much and yeah. we're all just sad <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. They actually kind of remind me, if you've ever seen the original version of uh, BBC's Top Gear, they remind me very mm. much of Jeremy mm. Clarkson, James May, and Richard Hammond in that when they're together, they have the most fun, but when they go out on the road, they will stop at nothing to play the worst, nastiest jokes on each other mm. while the other two sit back and laugh at the, the peril of the third one. Yeah, the, and it'll switch. The teams will switch.
1: Yeah, it's you can tell. People, <clears throat> Lou is the sort who just thinks... He can insult his friends, you know, in these just brutal, terrible, homophobic, I'm sure racist that didn't come up this time, but I will guarantee you he made some sort of jokes to Nick about that, and just think he can get away with it because I'm just kidding. The racism is
0: implied. Yeah. Um, yeah, and probably. And, then of course, then he also has the other side of the coin, which is, and if you go and help me out, you guys suck his friends. Yeah. So it's like, I'm going to not only offer you nothing, I am going to treat you like crap and insult you mm. and if you don't like me and support me then you're bad friends.
1: I, would, I really wish I could say I'm sure there are no real people like this but we know there are. I know there are a few a number of them. Yeah. So but, yeah.
0: initially their whole the whole point of the movie seems to be we have to follow through everything. We
1: have to re, they have to relive the entire <clears throat> night exactly as it was done to get they, back
0: to a life that we hate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's you know, your one, premise. One does kind of wonder
0: there. but uh, And so now here's the thing. Yeah. They never once really sit back and examine what they're heading back to, because none of them has anything they particularly enjoy. Mm-hmm. If Nick was the closest one and yeah, we he find loves out he's, his wife, yeah, and he, we find out he's really upset because she's cheating on him. Well, he's also upset because <clears throat> you know he's
1: in his mind he's dead given up everything for her, you know he's, right. he wanted to be a musician, he gave that up because it wasn't stable It's apparently a big deal that he hyphenated his last name, right, which apparently means emasculates him it does oh
0: totally it makes his winky smaller (laughs) (laughs) we can say winky it's okay yeah uh yeah i whatever um because whenever you compromise you're less of a man right (laughs) um yeah if, if this hasn't been clear lou is the basically poster child for toxic masculinity yeah pretty much Uh, The thing is, so they never really sit, they they sit there and they're like, we have to get back to where we were. No one ever questions the idea of, until later, much, much later in the film, that we, maybe we don't. Mm. Maybe we can do something else. Maybe we can change things. And this leads me to a very big question I had about this film. Yeah. Um, this is basically forced time travel. They have no instance where they go, you know what we should do Yeah. is we should dump this Chernobyl on this hot tub control (laughs) and go back in time, somehow inhabiting our old bodies and yet to ourselves seeming 40 years old. It's an elven thing. You wouldn't Uh, understand. Why? Why what? Why was this forced on them? What is the point? Friendship! (laughs) (laughs) The power of friendship! I don't know. Yeah, there's nothing.
1: This is apparently just a cosmic gag or just random nonsense. That's one of the problems with this. This is something that is an immensely profound event. They've actually discovered that time is nonlinear, and it's just because. Yeah. Now, again, I think that we'll we'll get to this, I think, when we ask our, our topic questions. The time travel is not the major prim- part of this, this story. Part no, of... but without it, we wouldn't
0: have a true story. Please note the quotes. Yes. They are implied.
1: But what we have is the idea of people reliving their glory days. And in this case, the time travel just makes that literal instead of figurative.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure what the advantage of that is. I, I don't either. Uh, so even when they first show up, when they first... So there's this one a bunch of little montage things shut together with them drinking they they actually get Jacob to come into the hot tub he doesn't want to come in cuz they're all naked and he's weirded out by this as he should be yeah one of them is his uncle um and they're drinking and they're drinking they get him to drink and then suddenly we see you know we cut to the the control panel shorting out because of the chernobyl mm-hmm. and then they just get sucked back into time yeah so there's no repairman ahead of this nope there's no Clarence there's no Clarence there's, there's no Rufus there's nothing
1: yeah they it just,
0: just happens do it because i guess these guys were so it was so unfair what happened to these guys? Because they were such douchebags. Uh, I, I think
1: the sheer power of their douchebaggery <laughs> rends the space-time continuum. Wait, are you saying they were douche mages? I think they were douche mages. <laughs> they were douche
0: majeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, okay. yes,
1: they were three of them. They were the holy douche magi. Yeah,
0: It was that was a story, wasn't that an O. Henry story, "The uh, Gift of the Douche Mage"? I think it was. <laughs> I think it was. Now
1: this happens in other in other movies. There's that one with Jean Renaud, uh, just visiting, I think. It's about like a 14th century French knight who appears in the 20th century by accident. And there's that thing with Meg Ryan and
0: Hugh Jackman. There's always that thing with Meg Ryan and well, Hugh he, Jackman he's like, from the,
1: he's like Mr. Darcy or something from the 19th oh or 18th century. Ooh, he isn't really. But my
0: bodice is ripping. Yeah. And he, <laughs> yeah.
1: So there, this is not... Um, unprecedented there are movies where time
0: travel it's or even you go back to Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's court <laughs> yes ladies and gentlemen Max Levine yeah. just said hot tub time machine nope. is not unprecedented yeah
1: I'm so well I want to make it very clear that this movie is not setting any precedents nor yeah. is it doing anything originally
0: <laughs> this is just part of cause and effect
1: yeah <laughs> pretty much <laughs> pretty much yeah somebody did cause yeah. hot tub Someone time. Did, and they should yeah. be ashamed. And yet there was a sequel five years later. I heard there was. Yeah. I, um, I I don't know who was in it. I
0: think it just got knocked off our list for this series. Sorry. Yeah, what a shame. Yeah. Um, but that at least, so we don't even know why. And let's face it, their peak wasn't that high. It was we went away for a weekend and had, and had sex and drugs and rock and roll. Yeah. Like, and rock and roll is really in quotes because, again, we're talking poison cover band. It will help. And even if it was poison, the, uh, the crowd... There was about twenty five people there, Yeah, it wasn't exactly <laughs> mob no, so it's for even for poison, I was like, wow they uh they're already on the downside, <laughs> huh, wow, okay mm. um and then what so let's just let's say that the the original idea that they have to do everything the way they did to get back to where they were mm-hmm. is true, yeah. let's say they do that. What is the point of them going back at all so which and it's fair, I think, yeah. to say. Well, you're supposed to realize that, yes, you can change things, otherwise we don't have a story, and it's not interesting. Fine, okay. So what do they change? Let's see, uh, Rob Cordy still gets beat up, so that happens. Yeah, he gets beat up. Um,
1: uh, Adam, or John Cusack, starts to break up with his girlfriend, but she, in fact, breaks up with him. And still stabs him. And still (laughs) stabs him in the the eyebrow with a fork. Which, you know, why wouldn't you? Yeah, and, uh, you know, Nick has sex with the woman he's supposed to have sex with, and gets on stage, only... That was, that's actually kind of an, one of the only moments they really give you yeah. is that, that show the difference between the memory and the reality. He was always talking about, oh yeah, I, when I got on stage that night, I rocked. It was amazing. He suddenly has a flashback just as he's getting on stage as his adult self and he remembers he totally choked. He was like squeaking out the song when he was a kid and the crowd hated him. And for a second he can, he's paralyzed, and then he decides, no, you know what? I'm gonna, I've learned, and I'm going or whoever was singing. I yeah. don't, maybe it was him. I don't know if
0: Craig Robinson could sing. Yeah. And he belts out a song. And, you remember and, what the song was? I do not. Oh, poop. Neither do I. But it was funny because yeah. it was not because he thought it was like this all bad rap thing, and it was like Safety Dance. I don't remember. No, so, it was something. It was, uh, was Jesse's girl. Yes. No, no. That he didn't sing that. He somebody else was. Somebody did, yeah. and somebody will pay. Yes and Jesse's yeah.
1: girl. Ugh. And they just, yeah, that's <clears throat> part of it is they realize they are rewriting history and John Cusack gets sort of that glimpse of the road not taken where he runs into this girl he had not run into yeah. before which is a really strange and very forced, yeah. I think, plot point. He runs into this girl, April, yeah. who's there and they hit it off and obviously, well. You
0: know, she she definitely like literally represents the path not taken. She yeah. almost calls herself Rebecca Path Not Taken.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> and she's kind of wild, and she's like yeah, following she's, the band. I she's guess, but
1: she's a journalist, so, she's, so she's like she she's a professional. You know, she's obviously she's smart, she's dedicated. Yeah, they uh, they get along. He wants to go with her, but he he decides to go with his friends. Yeah, to you know save
0: Lou because. Um, you know Lou is the first half of Loser (laughs) yeah yeah. he's (laughs) both apologies to anyone named Lou
1: and uh, you know we're getting to the point we're going to have to wrap this up a little but uh, then that's the part that gets me then is Lou when they finally get a hold when they beat up Blaine or knock Blaine over whatever the heck they do some nonsense it doesn't matter yeah they get a hold of the the Chernobyl and they're about to go back and they three of them jump in and Lou says, I'm not going, I'm not going back, Jim. <laughs> I like it here on City Elf, whatever it was. Help me, Kirk. He says he's not going back. He wants to stay right. and change things. Right. And instead of saying, but Lou, you could destroy the fabric of time and space, or it's like, yeah, you do it, buddy. Good for you. <laughs> Hug.
0: I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have expected anything else. No,
1: you really, you couldn't have seen that.
0: And, of course, what does Lou do is he takes all the inventions.
1: Yeah, and what is it? It works. Yeah. It, it actually works. He, the big one, and I have to say, this is funny. They get back and they look at this big, the search engine on their phone, and it's Lugal. <laughs> Not Google, Lugal. <laughs>
0: Honestly, I would, I would actually go to Google and search things up. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, so, but that's about the height. Yeah. yeah. Do we have time for the questions? Or I think be... we do. All yeah. right, real quick then. Uh, Max, did time yeah. travel make for a cohesive plot? No. Next. Okay. Does... <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't. It, it, <laughs> it's just, it, it's a gimmick. It's not even
1: part of the movie. It's not part of the plot. It's just no. like, and then this happens. So, it's,
0: it's not it, cohesive. And the funny thing is, is that it is not only the title of the film... Their being there is their whole the whole point of them doing anything. Their motivation is based on time travel, but mm. it still you you it's impossible to think about this. Yeah. I don't mean too closely. I mean at all. It you can't. Can. It
1: doesn't make sense. It does. There's no consistency.
0: There's not enough explanation. I need okay. another quick answer. Yeah. Does this does time travel make sense in this story? Nope. No, it does not. Is this a good use of time travel? Going back to your high school glory days. And, and doing something no because we don't know really what they are
1: supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, ob- they think it they're supposed to reenact everything exactly, but they discover no, that's entirely wrong and if they had all done what Lou had done,
0: they could have made their lives so much better. Well, then Lou makes their lives so much better, which makes somehow perfect sense. Somehow, yes. Oh, by the way, Lou it
1: turns it turns out Lou is Jacob's father.
0: Right. No, no, yeah, because that's
1: Which does lead to a pretty good line when he's just had sex with Adam's sister, Jenny, and she just looks up. I feel pregnant.
0: <laughs> yeah. Again, this is the height of humor for this film. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we still have some time. Um, mm-hmm. Does this movie deal with the idea of time paradox? Yeah, and it throws it out the friggin' window. How does it deal with it? There isn't
1: any, right? It does not, in not no, deal
0: with time. There's pandemic. no paradox. There's no time paradox. Meeting at yourself, all. whatever, Nothing. changing the fabric, the flow of time. Tar- and of course, this you, you could sit there if you wanted to ask questions. Go when the guys come back to 2010. How is it they don't have memories of all the things that yeah. happened to them because now they have nice big bright houses? <laughs> Lou has a yacht and hair. And- <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, actually, that whole happy ending. They yeah. both, you know, Nick and Lou
1: both. Uh, Nick and Adam come home to find their lives have been improved but they have no memory of it and Adam is married to April which means he, for 20 odd years he has been mar- he, he this woman thinks she has been married to him but he has no memory of this marriage. No. He has no memory of their life together. he won't know her favorite ice cream He won't he doesn't know who she is. It's actually really disturbing yeah I and it, it's the same with you know, Craig is now a record producer. And it's like, really? But he has no memory of the business. He doesn't know how to be a record producer. Nope. Because he never did it. So he's going to come back and run the business into the ground.
0: Yeah. And uh, I am sorry to say that uh, for some reason I couldn't find the information on the budget or the take. But obviously Mm. the take was enough. It warranted a sequel. Yeah, they made another one. So Uh, uh, that's all I got from my notes. And all of my questions are our questions answered. Mm. Yeah. I do have to say one other one other line that
1: actually made me laugh, even though yes, it's technically a little inappropriate. It's when they're realizing where they are, and Craig Robinson grabs this girl walking by and goes, "Quick, what color is Michael Jackson?" And she says, "Black," and he screams because right. that's how he knows he's in the '80s. Yeah, which is not racist.
0: Right now. Yeah, no, but uh, it's, real know. quick, I did find budget thirty-six million, yeah. gross worldwide. 64 million so it's not that impressive no not at all really so whatever well I think we should get to that question the yeah. final part the roundup yeah if
1: you will mm-hmm.
0: the roundup so max yeah when uh in 2010 when hot top time machine came yeah. out I can just see you ran
1: I camped out the night before <laughs> at the theater to... boy were you lonely yeah <laughs> yeah I, it wasn't like there was a line I just Felt like camping out inside the theater because I just enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, I did. I don't think I even heard of this movie until it was gone from the theaters. I think I heard about it on cable or on, you know, in the in a video and I went forty-one minutes later <laughs> on Netflix. I don't know what. Yeah, I didn't know anything about this movie except I heard later. It's like, oh, this is a surprisingly funny movie. Had you? What about you?
0: Did you you did you see it? I did see it when it came out. I don't remember. Mm. I think I rented it. Mm. Or it showed up or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why I chose to watch, <laughs> except for this show, why I chose to watch yeah. Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, and the thing is, is that when you told me, oh, I heard it was funnier than, than you expect, my initial thought was, eh. <laughs> Um So what did you think? I was wrong. <laughs> well,
1: uh, is... The sad thing is this movie could have been I think a lot funnier. You have a really good cast. Yeah. I don't think the director was awful.
0: I think the script is a nightmare. Well, and remember, they got replaced. The screenwriters yeah. were supposed to be directing the movie, and nah. somebody decided that wasn't a good idea. Well, apparently they were right. Yeah. Uh,
1: this, you know, because the dialogue is awful. The, the plot is just dumb. The humor is puerile and juvenile. And not, in a fun way, not like Bill and Ted. There the humor is also juvenile, but there's, it's
0: funny. You know, I, I have a theory. Mm-hmm. And the theory starts with The Hangover, which came out in 2009. Okay. And had a bunch of older guys yeah. sort of trying to recapture yeah. the glory days in Las Vegas. The big difference, the big difference between that movie and this movie the hangover was really funny. Yeah. It was also crude. Yeah. There were some amazingly oh, yeah. poop joke things and whatever, oh, yeah. and they worked. Mm-hmm. And this film starts off feeling like it's trying to do the same kind of thing, and it's only a year later.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I bet this was uh, trying to capture that same kind of spirit.
0: Yeah, and it failed. It failed spectacularly. There is no reason for them to be back there. It proves nothing. No. Are they going to be better people now because they they show up and, oh, I have a nice house and a nice wife now? No. They still have the memory of whatever, 30 years of being terrible people. You don't suddenly become a better person because somebody hands you a bunch of money. Usually, what happens is you spend it all on beer and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, At least you, you if you played the indie. Yeah. If you D&D. yeah. Um, so I and there's not any of that. It's a wonderful lifeness to this, although it's obvious that there's a vague like somebody thinks they remember seeing that movie once, and this is sort of kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, what would life be like if I things were different? I wasn't there, or I was di- whatever, but it doesn't lead anywhere. Um, Jacob literally learns nothing except who his father is. Mm-hmm. Um, he well, he learns to drink. I guess he learns to snowboard, which he already knew. Or fudgy secret kind of. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. There's no lesson. They don't get better. I guess. they just get more money. Yeah. They, they I, just I guess. So, yeah,
1: and it but, also plays into this whole idea that, oh wow, that really was the best time of their life, or some such. Yeah. And I don't understand if there's any message about what it truly means to be friends, because I'm still left with the same feeling at the end of, why did you stay friends with Lou at all? Yeah. You didn't do him any... Honestly, they didn't do him any favors by doing that.
0: Well, except that now he's got a boat. Well, now, yeah, now He has now a mansion and a yacht.
1: And, yes, and, <laughs> and his hair looks suspiciously Trumpian. Yeah. But, yeah, now <laughs> he... Had, a Trumpy-dumpy. Yeah. Yes, he, yeah, as you say, he's Elmer Fudd, millionaire, he a mansion and a
0: yacht. Yeah. Uh, the time travel in this film... Yeah. It could have been made interesting, but yeah. it literally has no rules and ramifications. Nope. Because, as turns out, the one thing they're afraid will keep them from getting back ends up not being anything at all. There's literally no justification, ramification, no payment. Chevy Chase's character probably is extra temporal of some sort, I but guess, disappears, but disappears. Never either.
1: He vanishes after he tells them how to fix the time machine. There's no explanation. There's nothing. No. And even the one th- the one sort of cause and effect vis-a-vis the temporal anomaly mm. is Jacob. And that is, when they interrupt Lou having sex with his mother, his future mother, he disappears. Right. And then, as soon as they continue having sex,
0: he reappears. Yeah. I, and that made sense because... Um, in, uh, look! The Winged Victory of Samothrace! Where? Fortis. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's, and again, time time travel, our whole thing on this series is time travel just generally does not work. Yeah. Even when it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. And so far, we have not seen an example where it really fully just works. But yeah. um, before we get to find out what yeah. next mo- week's movie is going to be, mm. uh, I would like to go over if I may. You may. Uh, what the ways are to get in touch with us yep, so you please. can answer our poll question, which is, which part, film part... Would you, if you could, recast, and with whom? To answer our question, you can email us at us at maxmikemovies.com, which of course suggests we have a website. We do. All of our past 150 plus episodes are there. That is maxmikemovies.com. If you like social media, and who doesn't, <laughs> uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter under Max Mike Movies. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, you can find us on Many, many different podcast apps, including that one and this one and that one over there, Mm -hmm. as Max Mike Movies. But next week, we have another movie in the series. Yes, we do. I forgot how much I hate time travel. Max, what is that film? Well, this one
1: is a charming little film about a little plane who always wanted to do a lot of loop-the-loops, and so they call him Looper.
0: Um... That's the plot, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. I don't think you've ever seen a preview for this film. Okay. No, we are going to see the <laughs> the Bruce
1: Willis um, Edward Edward Horton or whatever the Edward hell Edward Edward Horton. No, no, it's what the heck is his name? <laughs> Edward Edward Norton. Joseph Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Gordon <laughs> you know, or, <laughs> Joseph gordon gordon, gordon gordon Gordon. Yes, the Sorry. Bruce Willis Joseph Joseph gordon levin time travel bounty hunter oddness movie Pooper.
0: Looper. Yep. I think it's Pooper. No, it's Looper. (laughs) If you want to help us decide whether it's really Looper or Pooper, next week you'll tune in. Yes, you will.
1: This has been a co production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.